0: Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change.
1: Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry.
0: And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way.
1: I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way.
0: Fun fact, you're gonna hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. We gotta sing and play too.
1: We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. This is part two of our chat with the Brittany Wardlaw. (laughs) And I think this section might even be more.
0: Mm. Yeah, we, we take some deep dives, and I think it's an important conversation. I think it invites us to a level of authenticity um, and self-awareness that maybe some of us just have lacked a capacity for. So here we go, Let's part go. two. How do you... So, so how do we make... Space. How, how can we become more oh, culturally yes. competent?
2: Yeah, that is a really good question. And it goes back to when I was given the definition of what cultural competency is. You know, like Brett highlight this idea of being teachable. Mm. Um, because I will tell you, one of the most exhausting things about this and this conversation is when you first have to convince people <laughs> that there's actually an issue. Yeah, if we could get to a place that we're all saying, okay, yeah,
0: uh-huh, there's a thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's all acknowledge that there's a thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a fear that if we do that, then you know, then there's gonna be, you know, people getting berated and scolded mm-hmm. for there being a thing. No, we all know that this is a prop like this is a real thing and we spend so much time and energy trying to convince people that something's happening and that there's effects of slavery and um that it is bleeding into all of our systems and right. the very foundation of our nation you know the time spent trying to convince people that there is a thing could be used to put our heads together to figure out how to fix it, how to respond to it, how to address it, how to repair it. Um, Because the other thing that tends to happen is we see symptoms or uh, problems of this thing, Mm -hmm. and we just come up with gimmicks and responses to the symptoms. Mm -hmm. When we're never addressing the real issue, Mm -hmm. we're never addressing the real virus or the disease. We are literally... Giving something to treat your cough. Yeah. Okay. We're going to keep giving you something to treat your cough. Yeah. You might be coughing because you have cancer. Right. So why would we not treat the cancer instead of keep giving you medication for right. your cough? And so I, I believe that if the more the more we can say, okay, all right, I'm not going to fight this anymore. I'm going to acknowledge that this is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Even if I have never experienced it or do not have the perspective or lens to understand it in its entirety- I'm going to acknowledge it's a thing and understand yeah. how it got there. So once I understand it, then I can actually address it. Yeah. We can actually make some forward movement or headway mm-hmm. on being able to repair the systemic harms that continue to perpetuate ger- generation after generation because we won't acknowledge there's a problem right. S- systemically. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing. Humble yeah. ourselves to be able to say, yep. Yeah. We messed up.
0: Yeah. We've all messed up. We've, we've messed up. Yeah. So it would be important to say, number one, I think the acknowledgement, you know, when in the work of recovery or in the Al-Anon community, when we're talking about something like addiction, mm-hmm. um, we talk about the fact that denial is a drug. Mm. And it's a contagious drug. Mm-hmm. I mean, families can become just riddled with denial. And denial mm. just makes you more sick. It mm-hmm. makes you blind. It, you can't ever do the work of recovery if you're living in denial. And so in the same way, if, for our country and for our culture, I mean, really, if, if you are, if you're white and if you're in the South, I, I'm, again, I'm just going to speak to you like a sister. Because you're where I'm at. You're where I'm from. And, and really, I, I need the South. Mm. To acknowledge the fact that racism still exists. Hmm. Can we just all acknowledge racism still exists? And if we can do that, if, if that's the only thing you can do today, is just say, this is still a problem. This still exists. Just start there. If that's the only thing you can do today, so is that just the hardest leap to take, though? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, and and y'all, please jump in and correct me if you think differently. <laughs> when I, I, it's been my perception that when people hear that statement, mm. they say. Well, I'm not. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah, yeah. what I was thinking. It's it, still it, out there. The biggest
1: thing is that you don't want to be that. Yeah.
2: i well, well, I'm not. You know, I've never I've never even said the N-word. Mm-hmm. I am appalled when people say it. You know, I have it. I love all
0: people. Mm. I love black people. Or how about or my I favorite don't,
1: I don't see color. I
0: have I don't see color. Or <laughs> the uh or the uh are, I'm not racist. I have a black son. I adopted a black child. Mm-hmm. My my kid's best friend is black, and he comes
2: over to the house all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always a. Oh yeah, it's out there. I agree with you, but it's not me, right? And so uh, there's this idea that racism is these individual bad actors, mm-hmm. individual bad acts mm-hmm. that are happening. You know, um, this little ghost is out there that we know. It's, we know it's out there. Mm-hmm. It's not us, but we know it's <laughs> out there. Um, when Racism evolves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of this, I know other lawyers out there are going to kill me, but I sometimes feel like I'm not a true lawyer because I don't defend the law at all costs. I don't. (laughs) Because for me, from my perspective, and I was talking to my husband about this the other day. Laws, when it comes to, you know, discrimination and civil rights, like they were necessary. These laws were created in the 60s. Mm-hmm. They were necessary um, just for basic protection mm-hmm. of people physically, mm-hmm. economically, mm-hmm. Um, relationally, whatever. They they were necessary. But the thing with racism is it evolves. Mm-hmm. It It evolves to be able to survive mm-hmm. in the current time or culture. Mm -hmm. And so racism, how it plays out in our systems, it's evolving in the sense that a law that says don't discriminate against someone because they're of color when you hire them is almost well done. Like, no... I mean, yes, are there people still doing that? But the reality is racism looks so much more differently. It evolves so that it can survive. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. the way that it plays out now is the way that we've created our our systems, our different systems we've talked about, you know, healthcare, mm-hmm. education. It's benefiting. It's based on a um, dominant white culture mm-hmm. uh, narrative. Mm-hmm. So this system is built to sustain white culture. Mm -hmm. So this is what is normal for our culture. This is what um, is comfortable for us. This is how we function Mm -hmm. and everyone else needs to fit into it. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to force every other culture to fit into it. And when it's not fitting well, it's very unsuccessful in this system. Mm. So um, I love, I love corporate America because that's where I work. (laughs) So I like to use this example because it's light but very relevant. Mm. So a um when, when you're talking about time. Yeah. You know, we have this conversation about time. So like, so like a very European mentality is, you know, something starts at a certain time, mm. everyone's there when mm. it's when, you know, for mm-hmm. that start time, this is when we begin, this is when we end, and this is what happens in between. You know, and <laughs> it plays out so different differently, very, very basic. If what? you were to go to a country in Africa mm-hmm. and they have a meeting scheduled mm-hmm. for a certain time, um, I was reading, I don't know if you all have heard of Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. Mm-hmm. That's a book that I was reading. And she gave this example, um, Dr. Joy DeGruy. She gave this example of going to a country in Africa. There was a meeting that she was supposed to go to. She goes to this meeting. It starts It starts late, but you know there's a decent amount of people there. But then- a couple of people trickle in. When mm-hmm. they get there, they hug everyone that's mm-hmm. sitting there, they greet everybody, they mm-hmm. sit down, and then they continue. Mm-hmm. Then someone else comes in. They do the same thing. They come in, they <laughs> greet everybody, and then they sit down, and then they continue. Uh-huh. But no one's irritated, no one's upset. Oh. This is very normal. Wow. And so when we have this system mm-hmm. you know, in cor- corporate America of this is how things run, this is how things are on time, this is how you look when you get there. Yeah. And then when people, are perceived as being unprofessional it's because right. they do not fit into this box of what they're supposed to look like from a european mm. lens they don't function yeah. um in the same way it doesn't it's not natural so mm-hmm. you have to kind of make adjustments and force yourself into this box mm-hmm. that is
0: difficult it's just all that acclimating and that you try to do to fit into a white world i can't even imagine it's exhausting it's shi- you're just shifting all the time all yeah. the time yeah. it is literally Like
2: being in a country where everyone is doing and saying things in your second language Mm -hmm. and you are fluent, Mm -hmm. but it takes work because it's not, this is not your first language. So it's Mm. work. You're constantly thinking Mm. about, okay, if I, how, how do I say this? How do I respond? How should I dress? There is a lot that goes into yeah. how, what do Your I put hair. on, what do I wear. I think
0: about the whole How's crown act and the hair, and, oh.
2: yes, how is this going to re- be yeah. received? How is it going to be perceived? You know, if I do yeah. or say these things. So um, yeah, so essentially, what I'm trying to say is, if the dominant culture is what defines normalcy, yeah, anything that's not fitting into that is not normal. So you have to constantly work to fit to what the dominant culture says is mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, Girl, I don't even remember what your original well, question no, was. Well, no, we were, like. and you were, and you were talking
0: about, I mean, it, it, this is proof of how pervasive it is. Mm-hmm. Just in our conversation, we weren't chasing rabbits. We were chasing the actual trail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, and the trail is very murky and it's a swamp. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can't even, it, it perva- it's very pervasive. And so, um, yeah, this conversation could take a hundred different t- turns. So different I think turns. For, for, for me, um, it has been an awakening to understand my complicit bias mm-hmm. and not even knowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's in me. Mm-hmm. Right? Just like your nature and and culture is embedded in you. Right, This is embedded. So when we, when I would just want to go back to you saying, when you talk about, can we just acknowledge racism exists? And you're like, well, the common response is, but I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. Already that's a posture of defense. Mm -hmm. Well, you're only defensive if something's being threatened. Mm Mm-hmm. I, if if i'm fine i don't have anything to defend by somebody saying
1: you mm-hmm. might you might need to say that again for the people in I'm the i'm only
0: <laughs> none of us is get all... def, none of us get defensive about things that we either a don't really care about like if you bring a piece of information to me and you're like no this vanilla bean is better than that vanilla bean and i don't really give a rip about vanilla beans going to get defensive about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to listen to your information. Mm-hmm. You're just going to share new information with me. There's mm-hmm. nothing to be defensive about. Yeah. I don't care about it. Right Now, if I care about it because my grandma grew vanilla beans and you're telling me that this person's vanilla beans are better than hers, I might get defensive about that mm-hmm. because it's embedded in me to care about where I come from and my grandma mm-hmm. and what what created uh, maybe economic power mm-hmm. for my family. Yeah. So when we are presented with something about racism, if you as a white woman, if you as a white man, as a white person, get defensive about it, it is your body's automatic response. If your body's automatic response is defense, it means you, you're complicit. hmm yeah. And you need to get curious about, why am I so defensive about this? Mm-hmm. What am I really caring about? Where do I feel misunderstood? What kind of questions do I need to ask this person? What can I learn from this person's perspective? But a posture of defense, first of all, is never going to make for great learning, rich learning environments. Right. But number two, it's a dead giveaway of complicity
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's so good Em
0: it is it is it is really (laughs) and I've been there that's why I'm saying that yeah because I have had a a culture and a power structure and privilege to defend (laughs) until I didn't anymore and I just got to be a part of learning and it's like whoa what a whole new world
1: but I think that thinking even crosses over to the gender equity piece Mm -hmm. as well. Like I'm sitting here as a man going, well, I'm not sexist. (laughs) Right. Well, maybe I am if I'm just so defensive about it. If Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And if you're not, you don't have to defend that. Right. right? You accept that as truth. Just listen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And do some introspection. Yeah. 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 I, I think one of the things that I wrote down was, um, Ignorance is not a defense, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes people say, well, I didn't, I didn't know. No, this is not my fault because I did, I didn't know." Mm-hmm. Well, this is now being brought to your attention, and you now have an opportunity mm-hmm. to know. You now, because okay, mm-hmm. so I'm about to say the p word.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, yeah. So this kind of <laughs> bleeds into <laughs> privilege.
0: Yeah. Privilege. I'm like, which p word? It's like,
2: oh, this about to get good. <laughs> well, we work in the sex industry, so I I'm know. like, which p word are you? I know. Say? I did that on purpose. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you start talking yeah. about privilege, right? Oh, it yeah. gets ugly real quick sometimes yeah. um, because the automatic defenses. You know, I worked hard, or my mm. parents worked hard. Like, I wasn't given anything, <laughs> and. um the reality is what what we like to try to get people to understand is even being white in America Mm -hmm. even if you were poor white yeah poor white and had the worst of circumstances you were still in white skin that gave you a privilege that a person of color does not have
0: yeah
2: the the benefit of the doubt when mm-hmm. someone looks at you, right,
0: walking through a store
2: positive intent yeah. when someone looks at you, positive assumptions, mm-hmm. um, so there's already an ounce of privilege that mm-hmm. you that you have mm-hmm. over someone of color that grew up the mm-hmm. same way that you did or had to work hard, just like you did, mm-hmm. so it 's not to take away from what you had to do to get to where you are. But it's just an acknowledgement of I still had an element of privilege that a person of color did not, especially growing up in a country where whiteness equals rightness. Mm. Um, And when I say that, that goes back to that conversation of white being the standard of normalcy Mm -hmm. and all of the things that come with that, Mm. whether it's how we interact, how you you dress, how you function at work. White is the standard of normalcy, and mm. everyone else has to kind of com- conform to that standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when, but when we're talking about privilege, one thing we always want to empower people with privilege. You know, Gary and I talk about how, you know, we definitely have privilege. Mm-hmm. There's things that we could mm-hmm. name that we could say, man, we've got privilege. Mm-hmm. He always talks about being to be a stay at home dad. Mm. You know, having a wife that was mm-hmm. working outside the home and had benefits and all these things. He like he had that's a privilege. Right. So being able to leverage the privilege that you have. So mm-hmm. you all yeah. being in white spaces and having these conversations mm-hmm. that would not happen the same way if I was in that space oh, or yeah. having that conversation. So you have an opportunity to learn and yeah. grow and be able to impart knowledge to a group that I may never have access to. Right. Um so privilege can be, is a good thing and it can be used for good. You know, it does not have to be something that we get defensive or upset about having.
0: Yeah. It's the whole, um, white fragility, um, you know, issue too. And can you speak to that a little bit or Mm. we've heard this term, so this is a, and it's a real thing. And, um, I think it's important just to talk about because it's it's what keeps us from moving the needle forward, mm-hmm. and it's it's what keeps us um, from embracing some of the diversity and the rich culture we could have um, because we are just fragile yeah. <laughs> and afraid. yeah, what are we afraid of?
2: So I've had some <laughs> interactions at the job um, where the conversation eventually would go to. Um well why haven't you said anything you know mm. why didn't you if this was such a problem why didn't you bring it to our attention mm-hmm. and the reality is i have to spend a lot of time figuring out how to present this information to you mm. in a way that you will not get upset in a yeah. way that i won't lose my job mm. in a way that i won't turn people off mm. and it is difficult to deliver this information and this knowledge and insight without the person on the receiving end feeling attacked. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to share this information mm-hmm. without the person on the other side clamming up, getting mm-hmm. defensive, getting combative, saying something hurtful to us, mm-hmm. shutting down, mm-hmm. um, because once once the person the receiver shuts down, it's over. Yeah, you, you get you get one swing. Okay, once they shut down, it's over. So mm. that the idea of fragility is, I, I have to I have to tr- I have to treat you very carefully uh-huh. because if I say this the wrong way, this is going to go left.
0: Yeah, fight or
2: flight. Yeah. You're either going to run right. away from this conversation, right. or you're going to attack me. Yeah, and I am not. I am literally trying to impart insight mm-hmm. that you don't have. You do not have this. <laughs> I, you literally don't have this. And I want to give this to you. Oh. And there's a lot of people of color out there that are like, heck no, I'm over this. Yeah. You, if you want to know, if you or you want to stay in your place of ignorance, fine. That's on you. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find another way to do this without, yeah. without this partnership. Yeah. And I think we all vacillate. -hmm. We all vacillate. It's like a, to me, it's like a grief cycle.
0: Yeah. One
2: day I might be in a, come on, we can do this together. Yeah. But I need to give you some tools to be able to do this well because I'm not about to take you to the front lines with me on this. And you are reckless. You are clueless. You don't know how to wield your weapon. You Mm -hmm. don't have anything. I'm not, no, we're not doing this unless I can help you know how to fight this right (laughs) and well. And so, some of us, you know, we want to partner mm-hmm. and we want to continue to to give whatever insight, wisdom, knowledge we have to help others be more effective. Um, but it, it can be very fatiguing mm-hmm. at times. And again, it's like a grief cycle. Sometimes yeah. you're so angry, you can't do it. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're so discouraged, you can't do it. Sometimes you're so apathetic, you can't do it. Yeah. And so um, some people have very much are in a space of, If you want to learn and grow, there's Google. There's (laughs) There's some books, (laughs) but I'm not about to sit here and try to figure out how to spoon feed this to you in a way that you will receive it
0: well. And and so,
2: and it's unfair
0: for the majority white to depend on the black community to Mm -hmm. continually bear what isn't. What was hand? I mean, it was handed to them, and Mm -hmm. now we're asking, "Well, get up and lead, get up and speak, Mm -hmm. come on and train, come on and Mm -hmm. and 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 it's it's exhausting. Exhausting. I can't imagine. Yeah, and so that and part of what I'm understanding and leveraging my own privilege is, you know, what can I say? Why have I been afraid to say it? Mm -hmm. Um, And the and the reality is because it costs. Yeah, because it costs. Yeah. I'll lose friends mm-hmm. I'll lose some family mm-hmm. you know um i I can't even and it's this isn't about shaming um shaming people, it's about doing what's right, mm-hmm. and so it's just it will cost you the truth always does um mm-hmm. but what it's worth in the end is peace that I'm like. Owning my own integrity and mm-hmm. my own truth. Like I can sleep at night yeah. because I'm speaking up for what's good and true. And then peace on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, more friendships, more a, a rich life. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just a whole new way of seeing people and the beauty that's just so big, that's so God, Mm -hmm. so the kingdom of God, you know, Mm -hmm. on the earth. And so I'm just, I I do, I think it's unfair to continually expect our um, black brothers and sisters to carry the load when we are not willing to do our part and leverage what we've got.
1: Or we're willing to go, I don't see color. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah you want to go down that road Brett. well that's I mean weird. I'm just I just
1: keep coming back to it I'm like you know black lives matter well all lives matter <laughs> well not all lives are getting that's right mm-hmm. egregiously Again, the murdered the disproportionate
0: rates yeah they're yeah. just
1: not like my one of my dearest friends Odell James is a large quarterback prevailer African American guy from the third ward in Houston, mm-hmm. the hood. Mm-hmm. He can make Kool-Aid like nobody's business. <laughs> he taught us. It is an art. <laughs> you put me in a car and I get pulled over, and I'm gonna take a selfie with the cop mm-hmm. that just recently happened. Mm-hmm. You that same cop pulls him over. Mm-hmm. Now his life's threatened. Mm-hmm. We don't ha- it's just fact. We don't have the same experience. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be so self-centered to say, well, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. That's so small.
0: Mm-hmm. And, or to pretend like we're colorblind. And the, the point is you want to see color and admire mm-hmm. beauty you and diversity. celebrate. You want to celebrate you it. You want to celebrate
1: <laughs> all races that God created because they're all created in mm-hmm. the image of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... I, I don't need to not see your blackness or our whiteness, which is really peach or whatever, <laughs> or this brownness or whatever. I don't, I need to see that because those mm-hmm. are characteristics of God.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And um, one of the terms. That I've heard often, and I didn't used to really touch it, and Mm. I didn't really know what to do with it, but I'm understanding it more and more when I hear things like what Mm. Brett just shared, is this idea of Mm. anti-blackness, almost as if the things that are culturally black are offensive or make people uncomfortable, so Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't see color. You know, that's the Uh, safe space uh, to be anti-black. Yes,
1: Let's just all be American.
2: Yeah. We're just all Americans. We're just all Americans. We're just red-blooded Americans. Uh, And I don't see color. And I don't know that, and I've had, you know, I've done a lot of different educational workshops and different things, you know, at Baylor in the community. And, you know, at least two out of my three that I do, someone's going to say, well, you know what? I just don't see color. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why I don't see color. And it always comes from a, a genuine space of trying to communicate I care about people mm-hmm. and going to Brett's point, well, if you care about people, I need you to recognize, acknowledge, and celebrate how God has created me. Mm-hmm. He's made me black. <laughs> I'm black. <laughs> See my blackness. Okay? Black girl magic. Yes. All and of it's it. good and mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not something to be ashamed of yes. and it's not mm-hmm. something to ignore. Yes, yeah. And I think that that's It's been so embedded, Mm. you know. I didn't realize how much there were moments of things that I was ashamed of.
0: Yeah. Y'all,
2: I don't know if they can see me or not.
0: I know. I love your head wrap.
2: But my head is wrapped, y'all. Yeah,
0: and you know, I tried to do that on your girl, member when I was (laughs) babysitting and Anastasia came up to me. She's like, Miss Emily, it's time for my nighttime routine. And, you know, she brings me her head wrap. And I'm like, girl, I don't don't know what to do with this. And she's trying to coach me. She's like, just... um, put it over this way and then just kind of tuck it in there in the back. I'm like, oh, your daddy's going to be so mad at me. Your yes. mama's going to be like, this poor white girl That's trying it. to wrap my kid's hair. It's mm-hmm. Your wrap is amazing. Thank you. It's so good. Thank
2: you. You know, and I just want my kids to celebrate all aspects yes, of their blackness, totally. including their hair wraps, Absolutely. including, you know, their hair shrinkage mm-hmm. when their hair gets wet. Mm-hmm. You know, there was so many like little memories that I have of things that were said to me mm-hmm. that I felt Ashamed about yeah. my hair or my skin, mm-hmm. you know, and it happens so fast, and you internalize it and don't even realize um, how much you've internalized. Mm-hmm. Um, but the colorblindness statement again, it's meant well, it's meant to communicate I care about you as a person, but It goes back to intent versus the impact.
0: Mm -hmm. You might have Mm -hmm. a good
2: intention in what you're saying, but unless you stop to learn and listen and humble yourself to be teachable, you won't know that the impact of that statement is very painful. It says, you don't see me, you don't see how the Lord skillfully wrought me in my mother's womb. Yes. Black. You know, and all that comes with that. Right. There's a lot that comes with this. And I need you to know that because if you don't care about that or acknowledge that or know that this friendship
0: is probably
2: not going to be one that I need in Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. One that is going to breathe life for me because it says to me, you're clueless. And I need you to be very aware, especially if we're going to be friends.
0: I think one of the biggest tools that, and I feel this with you guys, um, and y'all have, I mean, just again that soul connection and quick friendship. But I think one of the things that I appreciated about our relationship is authenticity. Mm. And yes, if we can just be authentic, that mm-hmm. is a character character trait of humility. Yes, because it's owning like what we don't know. Yes. You know, and I even remember like it's surprising me in some ways. I think I had just gotten back from seeing Austin Channing and Austin um, who wrote the book, I'm still here. And she does a lot of training on culture, cultural diversity and stuff. And I think I would just gotten that book and y'all were over for dinner. And Mm. I was like, Gary, I was like, do you know this person or have you read it? And he was so, transparent with me, and he was like, I'm just learning Mm -hmm. some of the harm that has been done to me and my people. Mm -hmm. Like, give me the book, let, you know, and like, we're both learning together, Mm -hmm. and so I I think it's, it's like, um, it's unfair to assume that everyone's at the same starting place with Mm -hmm. this, and there does have to be authenticity and humility as we approach these conversations, because... Mm -hmm. There may be things I'm still learning. There may be things you're still learning, Mm -hmm. and if we can just approach this with grace and Mm -hmm. humility, we'll learn together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's
2: so important, yeah. Because we do tend—I mean, people can get a little reckless and a little dogmatic—and with where you are in your journey, like like you said, someone may have been studying this and looking into this for years and years, and someone may be like. This is the first time I've even had a conversation about race. (laughs) And it can just be a lot. So just being able to meet people where they are. Yeah. And I love the word authenticity. Mm. So one of my Mm. workshops that I do, part of the title of the workshop is authenticity, awareness, and appreciation, mm-hmm. and I just believe that it's a continuum mm-hmm. of if we can create spaces where people can feel like they can be their authentic selves, yeah, then we can create better awareness amongst each other of what, yeah, what dynamics are here, yeah, and then as we become more aware, we can have a greater appreciation for all the dynamics that we're bringing mm-hmm. and better be able to navigate in those spaces and mm-hmm. navigate those dynamics. Um, and to me, that. Bleeds right into becoming more and more culturally competent, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: being able to be authentic. Mm -hmm. Like some of my best friends that are white, it's because they are so real. Mm -hmm. And some of them are so white. It's (laughs) not even like they gotta (laughs) be like, oh yeah, you know, I identify with black culture and I, you have to. No, no, that is not necessary. Like they are all, they're authentic selves. And I think sometimes people are really afraid wrong thing yeah I don't want to ask the wrong question for sure I don't want them to know you know yeah. where I am on this journey like We got to be okay with saying the wrong thing. Right. Because that's how we learn and grow is when we make mistakes and someone can be able to educate us in those spaces. Yeah. And again, going back to being teachable, it's okay to mess up and say the wrong thing. Like, Gary and I have done it plenty of times. Right. You know, him a little more than me. (laughs) Sometimes I just got to help my baby out. Like, oh, baby, can't say that. Um, But, you know, we're all learning and growing, you know? yeah. And just being able to humble ourselves to be authentic in those spaces. Will help.
0: Yeah, I think we're all, um, as, especially as women, uh, right now. I feel like we're all trying to become comfortable mm-hmm. with who God has wired us to be. And mm-hmm. this is a strange time to be a woman mm-hmm. to me because there isn't there isn't one way. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. not one standard yeah. that's culturally acceptable anymore. Right. There's lots. <laughs> There's just lots.
2: I'm laughing. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And
0: so you're like, but who am I? And so, um, you know, I think one of the beautiful things in saying that, in that I have taken away and taken to heart from the black culture, is um, the wild acceptance of a platitude of body shapes. mm Mm-hmm. And for me, as someone who grew up in a very, you know, white culture where it was like, be thin. Mm-hmm. If you're white, you need to be thin. If you're a woman, you need to be thin and white mm-hmm. to be accepted and to be pretty and to be, you know, mm-hmm. go where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, And and I never had that body.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, you know,
0: if you've seen me and you know me, I mean, I got curves for days. Yeah, It's going to be here. <laughs> and what I learned as an athlete growing up... Um, that I didn't have in my dance classes that that were all white girls, Mm -hmm. Um, what I learned in my dance classes was I needed to be thinner Mm -hmm. in order to to look like my dance class. But in athletics, Mm -hmm. I was playing with and running with and doing volleyball with and among Mm -hmm. a a myriad of black sisters. Mm -hmm. And I got to... I never felt bad about my body Mm -hmm. around them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just like, I was so accepted and encouraged Mm -hmm. and like I'm good and Mm -hmm. beautiful. And that has taken me years to Mm -hmm. come as to, to accept as a white girl, as a white mom, as a white woman, that this is who I am. And so from the black community, I will say one of the beautiful things, and I think in Latin culture too, like when we went to Puerto Rico and just the acceptance of, of, of how they handled and carried themselves in Mm -hmm. this it was all good. Yeah. We're divinely created. Very good.
2: <laughs> and, you know, that even goes to what I was saying about, like, what you internalize. Right. And you don't even realize it. Yeah, it wasn't said. Right. No, nobody was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's that notion of what's normalcy, yeah. what's right, and even how, you know, in the black culture especially for those of us that have been in primarily white spaces a lot of for a lot of our lives the shame mm. and what is considered modest mm. um and appropriate especially in conservative spaces mm-hmm. of figuring out how to cover up totally yeah. oh my gosh you you got to figure out how yeah. to it, like i just remember so many people struggling yeah. With trying to find clothes because I have to figure out how to cover up because this is, I've got to look like that where I'm not offending people with my body and I've got to figure out how to cover it up so people... Are, are comfortable can
0: function yeah, yeah. Can, can, can think like Wait. what
2: what is so offensive about right. me <laughs>
0: right and the way god's read so, me right you know maybe i just find a a potato sack <laughs> i know that'll make everybody feel better but it end up it doesn't it doesn't reduce sexual violence we know that from other yeah. um you know predominantly islamic countries who women are covered and rates of sexual violence and rape are still there mm. so it doesn't it doesn't even matter. Mm-mm. Both are extreme in some ways, you know. Um, so I, I just, I do feel like that is, that is one of the many things that I've taken away and just learned from mm. your culture is mm. how to just, radically accept. I love that. So even from like things like dresses or scarf I wear scarves on my head. I can't wrap my hair like you do. But I always, you know, I love head scarves. Mm-hmm. I love, I think they're so fun. So anytime I'm in a vintage shop and there's a lot of permission that comes mm-hmm. from creativity mm-hmm. in your wardrobe mm-hmm. and just getting to be creative. And I'm wired as a creative. So mm-hmm. I just love that permission, mm-hmm. you know, that I see in you and, and in your community. And the more I grow and
2: learn, the more comfortable, just like what you were saying about the more comfortable you got with your body, mm-hmm. the more you understand the dynamic of what's happening and what you've internalized, the more confident you can be yeah. in who God has created you to be. Right. That he loves that's unique that you don't have to ignore or yeah. hide or be ashamed of. Right. Like I do. I love I the older I've gotten, the more confident and mature that I've gotten, the more confidently I walk in Mm
0: -hmm. the
2: things like, oh you walk in girl <laughs> listen <laughs> listen yes I am not I'm not afraid of no. being the most colorful person in the no. room I am not afraid of being the most confident in my skin because yeah. I know God created me this way and I'm going to walk in the fullness of me yes. and love it yes. and love it because he loves it yes. I am his creation that right. he made this way right. um, but yeah just the creativity part I didn't yeah. even think about that Like yeah. it's so fun
0: so keep doing because I'm taking lessons. And I'm taking notes on your earrings and your <laughs> color combos, <laughs> taking notes, taking notes. I love crazy. it. Yeah. Um, are you, as we kind of wrap up, are you hopeful for our culture? Um, and maybe what COVID, I don't know, how do you look at our next steps? Are you, do you look at them with things we need to be aware and, and a, maybe a little bit afraid of or are there things that you're hopeful about that this has granted us?
2: Yeah, I'm really hopeful that, you know, um, what the enemy meant for evil, the mm. Lord can turn to good. And this exposure mm-hmm. of the brokenness, mm. to me, I hope it's so glaring mm. that it makes more people say what I mentioned earlier of, okay, yeah, there's a problem, right? you know? Um, the mortality rates are undeniable, right? It's undeniable. Um, I know for me, you know, I don't, I don't know what y'all's situation is, but for me, if I get on my social media Mm -hmm. or I may even get a text message from a friend, from a cousin that will say, aunt such and such has passed. My
0: -hmm. grandmother
2: has passed. Mm -hmm. Like it is very, it is very, um, What's the word? It it happens often that De- we're death. losing it's people pre- okay. because of COVID. I think for a, for in the majority culture, it's it's scary. It's out there. It's happening. And I'm not saying that you know white people aren't aren't no. dying. They right. are.
0: But it is happening. it's less of a direct threat for us though. Yes, it is. Yes,
2: like it is we, out
0: there, and it's rare that we know someone who's had it.
2: And it's not rare. At all, like I literally can name people for you right now that I have either friends or cousins that have lost family members, have lost friends, have lost grandmothers that Mm. are because of COVID. Um, And so, for me, I wanted Mm. my prayer is that this exposes, like you said, exposes the cracks Mm -hmm. in the system. That it's undeniable that there is a correlation between mm. what's happening to people of color with um, them being at the bottom mm. of every system and going back to the healthcare system. We are faring the worst in every area. Why is that? Do we think that, oh, they just don't take care of themselves mm. or, oh, it's just because they're not as smart? or? Mm. D- I, I hope that we don't literally <laughs> think that that's the thing. Mm. Um, we are all humans created in God's mm-hmm. image with different gifts and different mm-hmm. abilities, but our skin color does not dictate mm. our abilities or our intellect. Mm-mm. Or no, it's we're a all lack people. Of
0: access to resources, it's accessibility.
2: Accessibility. Mm. Um, ongoing effects mm-hmm. of oppression
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, so all of these things play into why we are literally at the bottom mm. of every single system so with the mortality rates mm-hmm. um, specifically I hope that it says okay we get it there is actually something happening here
0: well you know what I think is I hear you say that that's shock I mean it's shocking to me that you just your phone just daily maybe yeah. or every other day just blows up with somebody who's got it. Mm-hmm. Mine hasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's just that is the space between us mm-hmm. that is still so as close as we feel and as connected we feel. Mm-hmm. That is a reality that is a disparity among us mm-hmm. and that you that the threat of death is is something you're continually faced with. Mm-hmm. And um so in my mind, as you're talking, I'm like, well, then that means when we come out with a vaccine, mm. guess, who, guess who needs to get f- treated first? Mm. G- guess who needs to have the most access? Mm. Guess who needs to be brought to center mm. in the form of help and treatment? And that's going to be a problem mm-hmm. if that is not done.
1: Mm. Well, it won't be. The privilege will get
2: it.
0: Well. Let's yeah. just make it happen to where it doesn't. Just right here. Just the three of us. Okay. We're changing we'll that, guys. <laughs> ready to go to the state capitol? We're coming after Let's you.
2: Let's go. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I'm ready. Um. Wow. Yeah.
1: This has been so good. And go with me here. This is our very first two-parter.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> and I hope you've stuck with us through both of these episodes because... And we could, I think we could go on. My my computer is actually about to die, <laughs> so so we need to to wrap it up. But this has just been amazing.
0: Yeah, I am so grateful for you, Brittany, and um, I'm grateful for your leadership, your uh, authenticity, <laughs> yes. um, it, that invites us all into a space of more authenticity and awareness and appreciation. So those are great. That's a great challenge to us. How can we become more authentic surrounding issues of cultural competency? How can we become more aware? Um, And then finally, how can we appreciate one another more? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just going to create a more beautiful world. Where can people find you if they want to? Are you on social media? Do you want people or do they just uh, email us and we'll get them connected with you if, if you can do uh, trainings or equipping in any way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I am,
2: I am on social media. Gary's much more present than <laughs> I am. So they could probably either go through him. Word Lost to Waco. Word Lost us. to Waco. Um, yeah, that's us. And, um, or they could ask you. Yeah. Because I really would love if people have comments or questions mm-hmm. because you know, we deliver information and we again know our intent, mm-hmm. but sometimes the impact is different or it's yeah. received differently than we intended. Yeah. So I would love to be able to clarify, mm-hmm. you know, speak into, respond. Yeah. And not an argument. Sure. I'm not inviting an argument. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I'm not interested in doing. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in engaging with people that want to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And I want to continue to learn and grow. But if you're interested in arguing, that's not right. <laughs> that's not where I am. Um, yeah. And so I really appreciate y'all making the space for this. Like I said at the beginning, to even be able to have this conversation mm. and know what questions to ask mm. speaks volumes mm. about where y'all are mm. on your cultural competence journey because we're all on a journey. Yeah. So thank you yeah. for humbling yourselves mm. to want to learn and grow and sit mm. in this with yeah. us. Um, because for people of color, we we talk about race, we talk about these things all the time because I it's always in our do. face. Uh. It's always there. It's unavoidable.
0: So Everything, yeah. everywhere. But y'all don't have to do that. No. Well, you, we've never known how to. If, even if we tried, uh, we, it was shut down. Yeah. You know, it was, was, again, met with a defensive posture. And so you just move on and Uh, just move on with your life? Um, Could I please have the carrots, please? (laughs) Be a good girl. Be a good
2: girl. But I mean, what I'm saying is you don't have to. No. You don't have to. So thank you. No, no. You really don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, So thank you.
0: Yeah. I, was, I love it. Yeah. Well, awesome. if you've got questions for Brittany or anything that maybe this brought up in you, maybe you're curious about um, an experience that maybe have come came to your memory just mm-hmm. even as we were talking mm-hmm. um we want to honor that and mm-hmm. and honor it through creating some space and maybe some more dialogue around it so please be sure to email us at emily at jesus said com or brett with two t's at jesus said uh, jesus said com.
1: it's been good guys <laughs>
0: thanks for joining us Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us.
1: We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world.
0: And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fan.
1: Until next time.
0: Share the love.